Welcome to your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes of jam-packed, up-to-the-minute news from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice every weekday. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. It seems like the same story is the top story day after day. It, as you've said, Binkley, it's they, it's a theme. Not that the big story is something that can emerge and dissipate in one day, but the Saudi Arabia story continues to be the top story round the clock. And I, and the more I see it, the more I think that Brian was right, right out of the gate that it's about Saudi Arabia's IPO of Aramco. And today's news supported that idea. First, the article on the front page of the Wall Street Journal was how Saudi Arabia, despite this disruption in supply, was actually going to buy oil from other people, which is not usually how it works, in order to keep their customers satisfied and deliveries going out on time. They also talked about on the news, Fox News, headline news, that Saudi Arabia was giving media tours of the hit facilities, which happened to be the greatest, most state-of-the-art oil production facilities in the world. This is all in the lead-up to Aramco. Not to mention, Iran said something to the effect of, I think they said, if you strike us, we will retaliate with all-out war. Then the headline was, quote, all-out war will call cause oil prices to soar. And the idea, of course, is wouldn't you like to own some stock and accompany some exposure to soaring oil prices? Well, we happen to have some oil wells to sell you. Aramco's going public. So that's how I see it. But there are real things that are happening around that. Uh, first of all, I think it's important to understand that Saudi Arabia is not a legitimate ally of ours. They cannot actually help defend our land. We sell them our cast-offs when it comes to defense. And 15 of the 19 uh, hijackers on 9-11 were Saudi. So if our justification for being in the Middle East is to ward off the terrorists that attacked us so that it's defensive, preemptive as it may be at this point— because of 9-11, Saudi Arabia is the one who did it. So you can't think of it that way. And then Trump has announced the final tranche of sanctions. There's no more sanctions to be had. We just uh, are piling them on to their financial system. And, and here you have to realize that's an attack on that country that is highly regressive. When you start, and, he, and he's bragging about how their economy is crashing. When the economy crashes, the people who don't eat are the poor people, the children. In Iraq, hundreds of thousands of children died when we sanctioned them, if I recall correctly. And Madeleine Albright said she thought it was worth it. That price was worth it. I guess it wasn't one of her kids. But the other thing is that... There are processes for understanding if a crime or an act of war was committed by Iran. Now, I'm not a big fan of international governance apparatuses, but there are international courts to complain about something like this and to conduct an investigation as to what really happened. And I would be happy to have the United States do it in a very open way itself if we could trust them to get to the bottom of it or at least to be transparent enough that we could assess what they're saying. But to unilaterally attack somebody by saying we know they did it, that's not how law works. And it destabilizes the international order if they feel like the superpower is a bully rather than committed to justice. So I feel like th there's probably a lot of moving parts that that play into the cronyism of it all, the Saudi oil and all that. 
but people will get hurt and die, and it may, in the end, escalate after all. Yeah, and it sounded like a pretty good advertisement, as you illustrated, for the oil yes, over there. Yes, yes. It, it just the hits keep coming when it comes to selling points for Aramco. It's like they wrote their red herring or their selling document, and they're just bringing out those bullet points every day because it's such a huge offering. I mean, it would really – it's it's big, big money. Any s- small movement in the price is going to be billions. The military has proposed some options for Trump when it comes to responding to Iran. And of the options, they said they could be military, political, or economic, or that they could be a little bit less visible, like cyber strikes. And as we know, Operation Nitro Zeus has a bunch of planted little little cyber bombs already in their infrastructure. So look out for that if that's put on the table. And we have planted those in Russia, too. And then if we light them off and Russia or Iran complain— Guess what we'll say? Wasn't us. Well, I, we didn't do it. <laughs> what the? I I would not. Th- we're, we are absolutely strictly dedicated to self-monitoring our own moral behavior. Military, industrial, what? Exa- what is that? We've already carried out a strike against the military computer systems used by Iran's Revolutionary Guard that they use to control the rockets and the missile launchers. So we've taken that out with Just a cyber this strike. week? I don't think it was this week. I think it was in the previous but weeks. Retaliatory, like as a part of the current operations that are going on. Yeah. Because if it was before the Saudi strike, how does that exactly explain how they were like ultra super stealthy with like fifteen to twenty missiles if we had already corrupted their systems, it's you know? A preemptive I mean, defense mechanism. Yeah. I mean that's what I I believe that like I believe that we're in there messing around with their stuff I don't believe that they managed to light off 17 rockets and hit home and light those oil wells on fire I mean it should be the most protected real estate on earth you know I mean on earth yeah so I mean it just makes it's like Notre Dame everybody makes fun of the French government for normally these things are highly guarded but that night it was a First day on the job for the night watchman, and it was he was all by himself. Like, that's literally the story behind the Notre Dame He was fire. asleep like Jeffrey <laughs> Epstein's guards were. Was he really asleep? I don't know. It just oh, sounds yeah, like yeah. similar Yeah, I mean, excuse. that's what it was. That was the thing. He didn't know what to do. It's just not believable that the most valuable thing you have, that I, unless you ha- there's value in allowing it to be destroyed, you're not going to allow it to be destroyed. And then you have to think, who benefits? But I don't know if... Israel will necessarily benefit, of course. Israel, uh, the both Netanyahu and the guy who now claims to be his successor, Benny Gantz, both are absolutely united in their opinion of Iran and calls for retaliation against Iran. And they really, and I really don't understand why it's in Israel's interest to start to want to I guess onto a war with Iran. Iran is kind of far away from Israel, but the but to basically light up the Middle East like that, I think it that the rank and file in Israel might not benefit from an all-out war like that, which is when you start thinking about the coalition, Saudi Arabia, the US, UK, Israel as really just a battle for the oil grounds. People do think it's religious or financial or who controls the world kind of question and it might be. 
But I do think that it could just be a, a battle for who controls the oil, not even because we need it so much, but because you have to make sure the other guy doesn't have it. But in any case, this Benny Gantz said he is going to form he's – he's a former military chief, and he does have this kind of very right-wing approach. So his ideology isn't so different from Netanyahu. But what he's saying is that he's going to form a unity government, which I guess is a little different from a coalition government and that he could form a coalition government perhaps with Netanyahu because they're both on the right. But a unity government spans the spectrum of the ideology. And in that case, it may feel like, to me, I think that there is a chance that Elliot Abrams' plan or hope that there would be a change in the attitude of liberals around the world towards Israeli foreign policy without a change in foreign policy if they saw Israel's government as being more liberal. And this certainly, if it were truly a unity government, they could say, just like we see our, quote, democratic processes at work and we're supposed to just lay down our arms and say, oh, well, democracy, no, I guess— I guess I don't get gun rights anymore because democracy. <laughs> but, you know, if they if they look at it that way, if they form a coalition and come to an agreement and make some peace plan that doesn't make anybody happy, but they have this rubber stamp of a handful of people in the Knesset, then maybe they'll make it look like it's uh, it is truly a unity position and it's the best you're going to do, whatever. So I just I, I'm just I think the machinations may be headed in that direction. I don't know. Keep you posted to the extent we get the news fair and square over here, which I'm not convinced about. There's been an As update fact, yeah. in the Ukraine <laughs> yes, we whistleblower did not get, scandal. Yeah, We have never gotten the straight scoop on Ukraine. But tell us about the whistleblower scandal, and I'll give you a little backstory on Ukraine. There's a couple things going on with the whistleblower scandal. One, we found out that part of what the, was in the complaint, the content of the complaint, was that Trump passed a message to the Ukraine president about a potential promise. It's very vague, and we also learned that Trump is stopping the complaint from going to Congress. He's not going to let them see the complaint, and this has triggered a bevy of issues. I would like to say about the actual sourcing on this story, which is the most interesting aspect of it to me. I realized that the whistleblower didn't go to the media. He went to the Department of Intelligence. Right. So. He went up the chain of command. So it was not really a whistleblower. Right. He alerted his superiors to something he found uh, dubious. Yeah. So yet I'm seeing all these anchors talk about the content of the complaint, and then I'm seeing them have people on and say – has anybody seen the content of the complaint? And I don't even he, think Congress has seen it. I think no. that's what the issue yeah, is. The Congress has not seen it, and that is the issue. Yet I just listened to 40 minutes of people doing a <laughs> panel discussion about right. what they know the contents <laughs> of the complaint is. That's what's funny about it. I agree. And the sourcing on – they always say this. CNN does this. This is our breaking news. This is what he said. Our breaking news tonight is the Washington Post is reporting that, and then they talk about the contents of the complaint. You go it's to the outrageous. Washington Post, Absolutely. and the yes. sourcing is anonymous officials familiar with the matter. So we are twice, we are anonymous sources twice removed. The whistleblowers. And sometimes, if you click through that stuff, it's damn circular. 
It like, it never goes anywhere. I've done that many times. You just click, like yesterday I was trying to figure out the Iran sanctions and I kept, it, it would like, it, yeah. there'd be a hot link on the word sanctions. So I'd click it and it'll go to another article that doesn't say anything about it with another hot link. And sometimes if you click through the highlighted word enough times, you get to like Miriam Webster. Sanctions are <laughs> when that. you, oh yeah. I mean, it happens and you're like, wow, those bastards. The but in, I'll say, yeah. yeah. The entire outrage about this the past couple of days is based on anonymous sources like twice removed. So we have no real sources that we've been given on this. Right. Yeah. I, uh, the thing about the Obama, uh, the thing about the promise with Trump is that Obama actually made a promise that was on a hot mic to Putin that nobody seemed to care about. Obama, yeah. if anyone was in bed with Putin, it was Obama. Right. He actually said it. So I do have some little backstory on the whistleblower complaint, though. Giuliani came out and that. said, yeah, he said, damn straight, I told Ukraine to investigate a Hunter Biden or to investigate this situation. God, what do you they, they took him out of context in the clips that they played. Did you see like the full interview? No, I, I tell me about that. In a okay, second. but he said so. He so they don't based on the Giuliani thing saying that this is really what's going on. You can a story is emerging. Yeah, but what you have to realize is there there is something screwy going on there. Everyone on CNN and and all the left wing networks admitted there's something screwy going on with Biden, and they couldn't eliminate the possibility that it was criminal. Yet it was still wrong to have assets investigated. They could have actually brought out facts that are known, yeah. which is there was a, a hidden audio a long time ago. Everybody heard it of uh, Victoria Newland saying "f the EU," but she didn't say the letter "f." She said the word "f." <laughs> And that was a complete distraction from the real story, which was she wasn't just she wasn't saying FEU. She was plotting a coup against the democratically elected government of Ukraine. This was before Crimea voted almost unanimously to go with Russia. Russia did not annex Crimea. So that in that passage, Victoria Newland says there's a quote from her that directly addresses Biden's help in this. She says uh she says so on that i ha i've played this clip before but i'm just going to read you the quote so on that piece jeff he was the um she was the secretary of she was the assistant secretary of state uh for this region i forget who jeff was he he features highly in the story but i forget who he is uh when i wrote the note uh Sullivan's come back to me saying, you need Joe Biden. And I said, probably tomorrow for an attaboy and get the deets or details to stick. So Biden's willing. So she was plotting this coup against Ukraine. And Jeff was saying, oh, you know, Russia's going to react. So we have to get this all done. She said, all right, I'm going to call uh, Moon at the UN. I'll get Biden to come in here and put his rubber stamp on it. And it'll be a done deal before Putin even wakes up in the morning. That's what she was saying. And she said, Biden's ready to go. That was in 2014. Hunter Biden took a job, I think, on the chair of this big oil company over there in 2014. So I didn't, it, it was hard actually to find the month, surprisingly, where Hunter became involved with this company. But it seems to me it should be investigated on whether or not that was a one for one quid pro quo for his involvement in a completely illegal 
both by U.S. law and international law, more or less, to have a coup over there. So he did it. He helped with it. And his son got a big position in return. And that is that stuff is all available. And watching them in the media bend over backwards to try and downplay that without saying without because they can't say that there's nothing there because there's obviously something there worth investigating. I think they're trying to like short circuit people's brains with the hypocrisy of it. And they're also protecting Biden. And they're also trying to push for new whistleblower act legislation. Well, I'm sure of that. I From the very first day that Trump took office and said that he wanted to consolidate the intelligence communities, that they were all going to report to one person, he was going to lock them up good. And Obama had tried to do that. It was called um, Operation Insider Threat. They were trying to button that up. And that's in order to exercise absolute authority. They're, at, they're not, I don't think they're going anywhere near the crimes we committed in Ukraine. And if you if you're interested, there's a video out there, a little hard to find now since all the purges, but of Victoria Newland speaking to a group of executives and the Chevron logo is behind her like a thousand times on the wall. She's clearly in a Chevron environment. She said, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I just got off the plane from Ukraine. But don't you worry, guys. The U.S. has spent $5 billion on regime change over there. We're ready to go. Not to worry. Literally. Like, that's not a direct quote, but it's a close paraphrase. And you see her saying it herself. And it's just sick. So that's not, I don't see that cycling on Fox News. So, uh, oh, by the way, speaking of New York mayors, de Blasio is out of the race for president. Yes, because he could not. (laughs) He actually got negative, basically, on the on the polling. So he didn't not only didn't get one percent like most people like, no, we don't want him like anyone but him, Mickey Mouse, which is a good sign since he was the guy who's like, steal everybody's money and. You know, step on their bodies as you're taking it to the bank. And then the other Democrat, not, uh, can't, whatever, candidate, Beto O'Rourke. This is just a follow-up uh, Yeah, I yesterday. guess he's a candidate. That's funny because, like, he doesn't seem like a real candidate, but he is. <laughs> well, they're, you know, they're really not, right? They're really just commentators. You know, it's really just yeah. ads, like Democratic yeah. talking point ads that they get to deliver <laughs> on the news, but I, I thought this was a pretty funny um, headline given what we talked about yesterday, a CNN headline that says, is Beto O'Rourke single-handedly dooming a gun control bill? And I thought that because, but, but that he means to, because they don't want a real gun control bill. They don't want to do away with the second amendment. It is too powerful a position. It's like terrorism, and drugs, they can use the what is reported to be the uh, insurmountable impact on society of these evils, the, the, the impact and that it cannot be addressed according to current laws. They have to have these terrible events keep coming so that they can take away every other right first. So you compromise. You compromise on the red flag law. You compromise on the Fourth Amendment. You compromise on all these other laws because you're so focused on the Second Amendment. They're leaving that in place until everything else is neutralized. And then what are you going to do? They'll come take your guns. And since you can't communicate, right, since you can't communicate through 
the public square, which has now been digitized and allegedly privatized, you are not even going to be able to communicate with people what happened to you. So the the guns are going to be, and certainly the Second Amendment is going to be the last thing to go. So it's not, he's not, he's not tripping over his own body parts. He's doing this as part of the problem reaction solution thing, as is the Blue Lives Matter uh, um dialectic i guess that continues to emerge i want to hit that real quick and then we'll get to uh lighter matters the blue lives matter thing there's been a lot of headlines about it it was on the front page of fox news today they are talking about how dangerous it is for cops to be in the line of fire 30 police officers were killed in some period of time i guess but it's actually i think when we, when I started talking about it anyway, somebody wrote a book, Ridley Scott, I think. No, not Ridley Scott. Uh, someone from the libertarian community, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, called The Militarization of the Police, 2012, 2013. I talked about it immediately, I analyzed it, and after that, people were really shoulder to shoulder on that issue. It was absolutely outside of race completely. Then the Black Lives Matter came up, and that's when white people were alienated from the issue of the militarization of the police. Then they started thinking, maybe we do need some military police because people are out of control and they don't attack me. They only attack them. And I'm safe because they're racist. I mean, you know, there was depth. There is, I think that's what they were playing into to make it look like blacks are the only targets of police. Now, police, there isn't a lot of scrutiny on how and how many people they shoot. So you hear that 30 of them were killed, but how many have they killed? And there aren't really the right, in my opinion, mechanisms. It's very hard to get a grand jury to uh, vote to to investigate or try a cop. So because there are different rules, you don't have to bring – like so that what happened to William Powell in Henry County – His wife, who was the only non-cop witness to his being shot at a wrong address call, was not allowed to talk in front of the grand jury. So I feel like anybody who's killed, even if it's self-defense, even if it's a cop, cop gets killed, a cop does the killing, let's have a transparent process on that because as it is, when it gets buried like that, you don't get the stats, you... It results in a kind of absolute power thing, not to mention the way the cops are trained it's not good. It's it, overemphasizing their danger does make them trigger happy. What you want is to have a responsible community-based policing where they feel like they're members of the community. And I, I wouldn't be surprised, like as they get bigger and bigger, the police forces, or even got nationalized or federalized, what you would have is police who aren't even connected to the community at all. You don't know them. They don't think of their own wives and children being there. Maybe they're young and don't have wives and children the way they they like soldiers to be. So I think there's a real crisis, and I think that we need to... This is the kind of dialectical thing. This is certainly targeting the right. The right should be thinking about their their rights, and it also plays into justifying gun control measures because, as we've talked about before, they're, they're looking at... The cops are saying... We can't do our jobs because people are overarmed. And my argument is the only arms we need are the arms that could actually keep a tyrannical government at bay. You, what you don't want is to have the, the standard being, well, anything that could beat a tyrannical government, you're not allowed to have. That's the opposite of what you really want from it. So 
that issue has is very powerful, and it's on the front page today. Yeah, no more AKs. Well, that was the thing with the three teens who were killed in Georgia that we talked about earlier. The article that I read today, they didn't. They said, "Oh, that the guy who shot them all might have had an AK, whatever." Yeah, and I'm thinking. These three masked people approached a homeowner and his friends or other residents of the home on their own property, brandishing a weapon and firing that weapon, and the guy was standing there with an AK-47? It seems unlikely. It does seem a bit <laughs> odd. You know, so anyway. Also, I, that, uh, that's the focus of the story. Well, the that, guy they, who was attacked yeah. might attacked by three people might right. have had an AK. In mass, brandishing a weapon and firing it. Yeah, like he's waiting there for him. Yeah, I mean, it's not great to kill people, but they, I mean, they started firing first. I mean, that's just, what are you going to do? But anyway, so they brought the AK thing into that story. I can't imagine how it could have been a part of it. But yeah. Maybe. Maybe the whole story's baloney and we'll see what happens next well i'll tell you what's baloney mm-hmm. that's the global climate strike that's going on worldwide today millions of people across the world and in new york city alone have millions of parents on this day the u.n directed global climate strike have decided to emotionally and psychologically exploit their children for the purpose of of pushing a political agenda, and there are children marching everywhere, and the story has been that today the children lead. They show the do-nothing adults what must be done to protect this planet that the adults have ruined for the children. So it's dividing and conquering parents from children, and it's also subverting what little education they might have actually had in school that maybe maybe today's the day they actually teach the real stuff about climate change while nobody's there i don't oh yeah that would be funny if they had some obligation to present both sides of the issue and today was the day that they presented the other side that would be funny but they really learn nothing basically and i think the schools have become just indoctrination centers that's exactly what this is this is a like this is they talk about foreign interference with this trump Ukraine story, which is funny in and of itself. Don't even be started there. But this is foreign interference. <laughs> yes, ironic, ironic. Let's talk about that. The Ukraine <laughs> was it's interfering in our elections. That's just hilarious, especially since there are puppets over there anyway now. It's crazy. And, oh, you know, the Ukrainian president is like a clown, like – He's, he's a, a, literally a clown or a comedian. He's a comedian. He's a right-wing comedian, yeah. just like yeah. Trump is. Oh, yeah. But you want to have real foreign interference. The entire nation, the children of the nation are following the directions of the United Nations on a climate strike about an issue they have no understanding of. I mean, And this they is, brought in a foreign girl to lead. The, exactly. That's a great lead, They have you, a foreign yeah, agent. Yeah, children of the world unite. This is terrorism on children. Do you this... remember when I called the age dialectic before any of this? I do. You nailed that. I mean, that was pretty good. And this I did huge, call the yeah. female the female um, shooter thing, which is definitely... Talk of... about subverting a nation. We did that show a couple uh, weeks ago about mind control, where we played the stuff from the Russian, the guy who had... Uh, what's it called? He came over, he defected is what he Yuri, did. Yuri, whatever. Yeah. And he talked about the children, how they t- – this is the targeting of the nation's children right here, and this is taking their minds and using fear, emotional terrorism to do it. It's terrible what's going on today. 
And you know what it does? It exploits, and I noticed this in those evergreen videos, which I'm telling you, only click on it when you have like four hours to just binge watch. I yeah. put it on thepropreport.com. But the the what they do, and I've always thought this about targeting, telling people that they're racial victims or victims in some other way, it just, especially in adolescence, it absolutely preys on your insecurities and it and of course it disempowers by making them outside but if your fears are totally projected onto something else something outside your control and it terrifies you these kids are very prone to anxiety and insecurity just by virtue of their life stage yeah it's it is it's really Highly unethical. It is. They get them while their brain is forming, and you make a great point because they are training them to blame all of their problems on other people, taking no responsibility for anything, and that they can only get what they want. They can only survive if the government completely takes over. This was something I noticed when I marched against Obamacare, and there were foreigners, and they were like tourists in Washington. And literally the entire entire train, other than me, was had like— American flag t-shirts and fanny packs. It was just almost cartoonish how monoculture our, the protesters look, but there were, I think there were hundreds of thousands of people there marching against Obamacare when I was there. I'm saying on my side, my side, there was uh, tea partiers and stuff. So there were European tourists and they were like, what are you doing? And I said, well, we're marching against the government giving us, socialism yeah. i said unlike you guys were you because right at the same time there were austerity marches where all the students who are on the dole basically 30 year old people who've never worked all the students are out on the street screaming that the government needs to give them more money and i was trying to explain to these people you guys have to scream and yell to get more money we're just saying hey don't take our money just leave it with <laughs> us and we'll be able to control it ourselves. And then yeah. when we want health care, we can buy it with the money in our pockets. We don't give you the money and then say, okay, now give it back. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. That's So that's how this is, in my mind, this screaming and yelling because you have no power over your own situation yeah. is a very like European socialist approach. Disempowering, incredibly. And yeah. as there were millions of people marching today, there was almost as many people marching for a climate strike today as there are now pictures that have surfaced of Justin Trudeau in blackface. And he has come out and said that he just doesn't know how many pictures of him in blackface there are because he used to go out in blackface so often. I got the sense of this that blackface was his thing. Like that's what he did to go to parties. And the way that this is being treated in the left-wing media anyway is that they are showing Justin Trudeau to be the – Ideal apologist, the guy who is showing all the people who have done wrong in the eyes of progressivism how you are supposed to grovel and apologize for your past sins, similar to how Felicity Huffman has done in the college admission scandal. So throw yourself at our mercy, and you can continue to live your normal life unharassed. Honestly, uh, I find these stories especially when they're belabored like they have been over the past 24 hours, they, I find them offensive. I don't think this is, I can't believe that someone would do that. I don't believe. So I don't want to give it any more airtime. I don't like it at all. And, 
I think we're being set up for something even bigger. I think there's another, probably another purpose to the story. So I guess we should try to watch out for it. Uh, oh my gosh, I- that gave me a thought. What if a deep fake of Trump in blackface and he refuses to apologize comes out? I, I think deep fake is. I mean, that's not a bad idea. Like, I I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, because this is there's more to this story. Yeah, you're right. It's very fatiguing. I don't like it, but there it's there for a reason. Mm -hmm. I think, and it's and it's so contrived. Like, I think it is a deep fake. I don't believe he did it because who's into that? Yeah, like who's there being like, oh, that's funny. It's like you'd be like, hey, dude, you should leave. Yeah, I I think he did it. I, I okay. Yeah, I mean it does because I did see other pictures of him with guys who actually looked Middle Eastern, yeah, dressed the same way, right. who weren't wearing makeup that was that looked like uh, nobody's skin color ever. Like you know, they were just yeah, you know, it just was awful. I don't, I don't weird. get it. I don't like it. I don't want to give it airtime, but I think it's going to continue to get airtime because. Uh, there's something to it, and I think you might be onto something. Tonight, getting airtime, which surprised me, Virginia Roberts on NBC Dateline. Virginia Roberts, who for sure was a victim of Epstein, and the way there, I hope that A, she got a ton of money, and B, it would be great if she could get a don't edit it, but I'm, I'm, I doubt that. I feel yeah. that she's going to be treated the way Sarah Palin was treated, the way the MAGA hat kid was treated. And they, they, the headline that advertised it today was Virginia Roberts says that Prince Andrew, after sleeping with him, said to her, thank you. And does that not sound like she was into it? Yeah, you know, it she was doing it voluntarily. You don't thank somebody. You don't beat somebody at knife point or whatever and say thank you yeah, you for don't taking thank your the beating. Victim. Yeah, you don't thank somebody for letting you rape them. Yeah. Like that. You know what I mean? Like, so she, pro- after two hours of brow beating, she probably came out with something like that, which was, it was probably true. You know, I'm not saying it wasn't. But I, yes, I believe it was true. But the impression it gives you of, I'm sure she had hours and hours of footage. There, there's probably quotes that are actually interesting. And reveal a deeper truth that misleads in my opinion away from the deeper it sets a frame for the viewer that she's a prostitute and that was on fox so if you think that fox has taken one side and not the other in anything they're not they're they always stop short of truly bringing home the real truth of it fox brought that up that was the headline on fox interesting oh oh wait no the headline you just read was on fox Yes, that Prince Andrew said thank you. Okay, okay. I thought and was... it was advertising an, an interview on NBC. I mean, that, that was is weird. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. nuts. No, they're both – both sides are about uh, painting these girls with a uh, little bit of a meh, meh. Blaming the victim going on. Yeah, I mean, you have to understand the concept of age of consent. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that when somebody is – scooped up when they're 15 and economically vulnerable beneath the age of consent where you cannot be, we are not held responsible, which is another thing. Like, why are we following people who literally cannot be legally held responsible for their actions? That's kind of weird. But she, so once you've spent years being trained into a life that you 
were not competent to consent to, I don't even think you can be held strictly responsible for your actions. It depends on your state of mind. I mean, that's how culpability works. But Well, be sure and check out that interview tonight. I'm sure that we'll have some uh, some stuff to talk about next week. That's going to break my heart. (laughs) You can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com and your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. We will talk to you all next week.